You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Zach's season of The Bachelor and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 329. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you today. We're going to talk to the co-hosts of the She's All Batch podcast. That's Stephanie Parker and Jackie Maroney. They've been on the podcast a couple times before. We're having them on again to talk about the show this week, talk about some other things that are interesting them in Bachelor Nation, talk about their podcast as well, and uh, we will get to that momentarily. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Before we get started, some house cleaning stuff to go over. If that's what you want to call it. First off, starting with the... I talked about this on the Daily Roundup, and if you didn't listen to it, that's okay. I'm going to talk about it again here. And that is the fact that I think for the first time in show history, I'm almost positive now, they're going to start filming The Bachelorette before The Bachelor starts, before The Bachelor ends airing. Because we know Bachelor finale night is Monday, March 27th. Well, as I reported earlier this week, Charity found out she was going to be the Bachelorette when Jesse Palmer told her after the audience had already cleared, they kind of, I guess, went into her dressing room or the green room area and told her she got the gig. So we're going to see that on Tuesday night because that's the episode that the Women Tell All airs. I don't see why they wouldn't show that at that time. Which also means what I heard two months ago, the first I heard about Bachelorette filming was I heard it was starting to film March 17th, the weekend of March 17th, which is uh, next Friday. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, one of those days it was starting to film that weekend. And I'm like, okay, well, now that we know we're probably going to get the official announcement from ABC on Tuesday on that Women Tell All episode, and it's going to start filming that weekend that means we're going to get the guys released to the public on Wednesday, Thursday at the latest. And we know they've done this in the past. They do it on the Bachelorette in, uh, Facebook page where they'll be like, these are the potential men for charity season of the Bachelorette. And it's just their first name, their city. Sometimes it doesn't age. Sometimes it doesn't. But here's what I'm thinking now. When the finale airs, for Zach's season on Monday, March 27th, two-hour show, one hour after the final rose, 
Charity will be seven to eight days into her filming of her season. That's never happened before. On the After the Final Rose, they've always introduced our Bachelorette. Maybe it's already been announced to the public, but that's the first time we get a sit-down interview with her, and we know they bring out five of her guys, and she meets them, and it's kind of awkward. It's always like hit or miss of whether that's a good segment or not. But now, for this season, assuming they bring Charity to the live After the Final Rose, I don't see why they wouldn't. She's their bachelorette. Now, the interview is going to be a little bit different, and actually, maybe it makes it a little more interesting, because now Jesse can sit there and say, you're a week into filming. Tell us how it's going. She's not going to give any spoilers away. But my thought process, and I shared this this morning, was if I'm a producer of that show, I make Monday the 27th part of charity season. I don't know if that's going to be a group date day or a one-on-one day, but if it's a group date day, all those guys should be in the audience. If it's a one-on-one, that guy should be in the audience. And she should talk about it. Like, hey, I'm on a group date. Right after this, we're going to an after party to cocktail party it's been you know a crazy start to the season whatever it's just going to be different I think it probably adds a little something because we've already seen what they do in the past it's just like okay we know who the bachelorette is it's usually spoiled by the time they have that live after the final rose and do the quote-unquote official announcement it's usually already out there by then so all it is is let's talk to our bachelorette here's five of your guys well now the conversation with charity can go in a whole different direction Again, she's not going to spoil anything, but Jesse is obviously the host of her season. He could be like, I could tell everybody, you're going to want to tune into this. We've already had some fireworks, or whatever the case may be. Shit, I'm already, I might already have spoilers out there by the time Charity shows up on the live after the final rose a week into her filming. So if I'm production, I absolutely make the 27th a day where her whoever is on the date that day, whether it's a solo or a group date, they are in the audience at After the Final Rose. I think that'd be interesting. But yeah, I think that's coming. I just don't see... There's no way. Everything I've heard lends me to believe filming starts next weekend. 17th, 18th, 19th. I think it's going to start Saturday or Sunday. I'm, I'm more leaning towards the 18th or 19th. I don't think it's starting on Friday. But I'm more leaning towards the 18th or 19th, and we're going to get the official announcement on Tuesday at the Women Tell All, because that's when Jesse told charity that she was the bachelorette we're going to see him tell her the fan the fans had already cleared out it was after the show was done filming after they had filmed the women tell all back on february 24th uh, yeah i just found out a couple days ago jesse told her there that she had gotten the gig and in case you missed it an absolutely great fun podcast with courtney robertson on her podcast off contract go to apple Podcasts. go to spotify download off contract with Courtney Robertson. You can listen to my appearance on her show. A lot of tea is spilled. I tell a story that I've never told before, and it has to do with a spoiler. I know you guys all are interested when I do give the spoiler. I know a lot of you are like, God, I wonder how he gets it. Well, I actually share a story of how and the lengths that I went to to get a final spoiler one time years ago. So tune in for that. Tune in to Courtney sharing some tea of her own. And tune into some insight to Courtney and I's relationship, how long we've known each other, um, a time that was really tough for her, and it, there's there's a lot of good stuff in there. Both of our thoughts on Nick Vile, and you know, we're both not fans. We you've known that from me. I'm not a fan. Um, I don't respect the guy, and I think Courtney's in agreement. So 
we share our thoughts uh, on Nick Vial as well, but a really good podcast, and I, I think you might want to tune into that because there is a, a lot of tea in that podcast. And then if you stuck around towards the end of that podcast, which was an hour and 40 minutes, by the way, if you were able to stick around in the last 20 minutes or so, it's pretty much been established. Courtney will be attending the Reality Steve Fan Appreciation Party this year in Las Vegas, Friday night, June 2nd. The problem is the thing is pretty much booked already. I've got very few spots left, less than five, and it's first come, first serve. So if you're interested, you have to email me, steve at realitysteve.com today, and I can't even guarantee by the time you email me I'll have spots left because, like I said, it's first come, first serve. I got less than five spots left. Whoever gets to me first today and can prove I am coming, booking a flight, driving in, booking a hotel, that's your confirmation to the party is you showing me if you're flying in a flight itinerary, if you're driving in a hotel booking, and I've already maxed out the spots for people in Las Vegas. So unfortunately, if you're in Las Vegas, it's too late unless there's cancellations later on down the line, and you won't know that till a couple weeks beforehand. So um, I've been promoting this since the very first day of Zach's season. Back on January 24th was the first time I mentioned it, and this thing sold uh, a lot quicker. Uh, than I thought, and but I've been telling you about it at all times, first come, first serve, just email me, doesn't cost you anything, but looks like Courtney's coming, there's a few other people I'm working on in the Bachelor Nation world, uh, but Courtney and her husband are definitely coming now, we spoke again last night, looks like she's going to book her flight today, uh, you know, barring something happening with, uh, you know, an emergency, child stuff, you know, that something that's out of anybody's control, so... Um, but she is excited about going. Her and her husband have not been to Vegas since they've been dating. And now they've been married, I think dating and married a total of like seven years now, six years, something like that. And uh, yeah, she's um, she's in. So can't wait to to see her. Can't wait to see everybody coming to the party. It'll be a lot. It'll be a lot of fun. Before we get started with She's All Batch, got some sponsors here for you. If I were to ask you to name a movie, movie by John Travolta or Tom Hanks, could you do it? Could you do it in under 15 seconds? My guess is you probably could. That's an easy one. However, Trivia Star is a free mobile trivia game over 60 different categories that you choose from, including music, TV, animals, celebrities, entertainment, sports. If you choose the correct answer for multiple choices and beat the clock, you move on to the next level. Obviously, that sounds pretty simple, especially with those topics, but the questions get harder over time. If you get stuck, don't worry. You can use coins and gems and get hints to beat that level. If you like trivia like I do, you'll love Trivia Star. Right now, Trivia Star is offering you 2,500 coins and 500 gems when you download and play. I play it all the time to kill time. I'm still doing Wordle, by the way. I'm still killing it on Wordle. And I do the New York Times. I, I can't even remember the name. I, I can't remember the name of the game that I play. It's not the crossword, but... It's that one where they give you seven letters, and there's one letter in the middle that you have to use. The one letter in the middle is in every word, and you have to think of as many four-letter words or more using seven letters. That game. Play it all the time. However, this one probably takes up most of my time because it takes me a lot longer to play trivia because I want to get to as many levels as I can. Trivia Star, they got a 
thousand five star reviews in Apple Store. It's the number one trivia game on the App Store. Download it today. Challenge yourself. Go to the Apple Store or Google Store and search for Trivia Star. Download Trivia Star for free today and get ready to flex your brain muscles. Also, this podcast brought to you by Green Chef. We love Green Chef here on the Reality Steve podcast. They make eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals. Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. You can fill up with the Protein Pack, their newest collection of recipes fit for high-protein dietary preference. Choose from three weekly menu items, each including 40 proteins per serving on average. You can expect a variety of satisfying and flavorful recipes like Greek chicken salad with mint olive, enchilada spice turkey bowls, and almond-crusted barramundi. Hey, you know me. I'm not a great cook. I don't like to cook. Too much work for me. However, Green Chef makes it so easy. My three favorite dishes right now, they're all in a rotation. Either the brown butter pork chops, the pork with apple and raisins, or the crispy southern chicken. Don't make me rank them. How about 1A, 1B, 1C? Because they're all great. None of them take more than 30 minutes for me to make, and I'm a terrible cook. But they make it so easy for you by giving you all the ingredients. They give you everything that you need, exactly how to cook it. It is so simple. You absolutely will love Green Chef, if you haven't by now. And as you know, they're giving you, the listeners, one of the greatest deals out there. You go to greenchef.com slash realitysteve60. Use code realitysteve60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash realitysteve60. Use code realitysteve60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. All right, let's get going. Podcast number 329. All right, here we go. Let's bring them in. Uh, they are the co-hosts of the She's All Batch podcast. They are multi-time guests on this pod. It is Stephanie Parker and Jackie Maroney. Ladies, how are you doing? Hi, how are you? We're doing good. Let's discuss The Bachelor. That's why we're here. You guys discuss it on your pod. I discuss it on mine. Uh, episode 7 aired this week, and... Let's uh, let's dive right into the question. The first question I think all of us have when talking about episode number seven. So I'll bring it to you, Stephanie. What was mm-hmm. the point of bringing Greer back for five minutes <laughs> for for a storyline so they could put it in the promo of her walking away crying and they could use that to pique people's interest. But there was literally no point. And I question why she even like cared or wanted to like those tears seemed real on her end. So. They must have been putting her through the ringer behind the scenes. Yeah, Jackie, it certainly seemed like some producer got to her and convinced her that she actually had a chance at this thing of of maybe getting a hometown date. But when you see Zach sit there and within a few minutes of sitting down with her said, you know, I have to think about this logically. Next week is hometowns and I'm just not there with you. Okay, <laughs> What was the point of that? I mean, I guess it was just they wanted him to end it with his first impression rose recipient face to face. That's the only thing I can think of because Logan was in the same exact situation last season and Gabby basically behind the scenes said, look, we're late in the process. There's no point to bring him back because hometowns are next week. Well, that's exactly the situation that Greer was in. And I think we all would have been fine as an audience if Greer was eliminated from this show because she had COVID, it's just like, okay, it sucks. Life happens. It sucks. Mm -hmm. 
bad luck for her. But I, for the episodes that she was on, Greer did not make an impression at all this season. Really? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head where, like, why why was it okay to send Logan home after he had gotten COVID knowing that he wasn't going to make it to hometowns and why we had to put Greer through this? I think whenever I see situations like this, though, I always think production is seeing something behind the scenes where they know they can get some sort of emotional reaction out of Greer, and that's, that's why she was brought through this, like Stephanie said, just to get those shots. Um, and it's unfortunate. I really felt for her because I think – this episode in particular was so predictable, at least in my opinion, of who was going to be getting hometown. Obviously, I had thought from the beginning that was not going to be Greer, and, you know, that was the case. So to put her through that, I, I, I felt for her. I did. Yeah, you know, look, she got she missed out on an episode because she got COVID, so she didn't participate in Estonia. But mm-hmm. I think even if she doesn't get COVID and she is there for Estonia – she still doesn't get a one-on-one date, which means she was she would be getting her first one in episode seven, and that never goes well for anybody because mm-hmm. we know that Charity was still going to get her Estonia date because London got canceled on her, and yeah. we know that Ariel is in the final four, and she, she still probably would have gotten her date in Estonia one-on-one over Greer. So, like I said, it's just... I understand that he missed out on uh, on a one-on-one date in London because he was sick, but I don't think it mattered for Greer at all. It just was unfortunate, and I just – I mean, maybe that scene was a lot longer, and maybe they spent more time together that day, but we can only go by, uh, by uh, what we were shown. And the bottom line was we were shown her going to his room and him dumping her literally five minutes later. And it's like, really? You flew her in for that? What I had said, we we recapped the show on our podcast on Tuesday, and what I want to know is, like, if she was actually still a contestant in the running, like, why couldn't she have FaceTimed him or gotten some kind of, like, digital screen time? Because now they're saying that that's actually, like, allowed, and that's a thing. So I feel like he didn't even realize she was still technically in the running until Jesse said, like, oh, she's on her way to Budapest right now. Like, Zach has already completely checked out on Greer. And now has to, like, put this, like, bachelor hat back on and break up with her when, like, I kind of feel like he's already moved on with the other women and didn't actually see Greer as a contestant. And, again, if she was a contestant, like, why haven't we, like, certainly we can give her, if it was Katie or or Gabby or someone that, like, he had a really strong connection with, I feel like they would have done something to get them to communicate over the last episode. Oh, for sure. And, you know, if I ask you, what is your biggest Greer memory from this season? I think everyone would have the same answer, which is that awkward FaceTime conversation she had with yeah. him in yeah. in London. That'd be the only thing memorable that she did. She really wasn't involved in any drama. Hell, her drama happened, uh, you know, in social media before she was ever cast on this show. But, I mean, I think that this is something where, again, she was not a major player on this season. She wasn't somebody that... When you saw Zach and her together, you were like, oh, wow, uh, they really seem like they have a spark. I mean, he gave her the first impression, Rose, and then basically she disappeared in my eyes until London. She was nowhere to be found. I, sure, she got some ITMs, and but she never got a one-on-one. She never, I believe, got a group date, Rose, so she isn't someone that stuck out, wasn't involved in any on-camera drama. So it's like, 
I mean, see ya. Don't want to. Don't yeah. want to be it, Rear. <laughs> I don't really know what else is there is to say about her. And they, and they went out of their way to make sure that oh, look, Greer's back. It's like okay, great. We don't really remember much about her anyway. Right. Like it literally looked like Zach truly forgot that she was even still on the show. And I think they they kind of just like threw up a coin and just like all right, we'll have her come back. Like I I don't think it actually. I feel bad, like, not like it didn't matter if she came back or not, but, like, again, I think he was already thinking she wasn't even going to come back. So, I don't know. It was already done. Yeah, and when Jesse... It was just a pointless scene. Jesse's sitting there. It was funny at the beginning of the episode. For the second episode in a row, by the way, Jesse asks Zach for a rundown of all the women. It's like, okay, we just did this last week. Why do we have to get this again? But when he's telling Zach, hey, Greer's been quarantining, She's on her way here. It was Zach was probably running through his head like, oh, shit, that's right. She's still around. <laughs> like, right. There was nothing. I don't think there was any like, oh, great. I can't wait to see Greer. And, you know, this isn't look. I'm not looking to shit on Greer here. But the bottom line is we know who's a major player on this show based on camera time and and how they act when they're together. And outside of him giving her the first impression, Rose, which when you look at, back on it now, you're almost like, why? Um I don't remember what she did the first night to uh, really get that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Jackie, when you look at it, would you remember Greer as the woman who got COVID and couldn't complete her sales quarter and couldn't meet her quota? And that's why. <laughs> um, I mean, I would remember her more for that than for her first impression, Rose, or any other part of the season, like you said. So um, that definitely was her most memorable moment which is unfortunate because i would have liked to see more of her i'm sure this is not going to be the last we're going to see of her though i'm sure she's going to be a paradise superstar so she'll get hers in the end she'll be fine oh for sure yeah i mean it's possible that's played a role in bringing her back but whether they brought her back Mm -hmm. or not she's clearly assuming that she doesn't have a boyfriend by june she will 100 percent be uh be down in paradise so i don't see that's now, the other thing about last night's episode that I found, I don't know, creepy slash interesting was our magician slash mentalist. Oh, my God. I don't know where they find these people. I don't know if they get to Budapest, Hungary, and then just like, all right, hey, let's just scope out the local acting school and see who wants to join us on on this journey. I don't know if this guy's for real or what. Um I, you know, I don't want to say it was fake because when it's recorded, we have no idea when he was writing that stuff down on the chalkboard, if he was actually writing it after they, you know, before they had said their word or their phrase. But I have seen this done in in real life. I have seen shows where this is done and there's obviously a trick behind it. I don't, (laughs) I don't know. I'm sure I could Google it and find out the answer, but what was your whole take on Mr. Mentalist, dude? Well, Steve, I think the trick behind it is production or the onset therapist is maybe briefing him on a little bit about these girls' stories and their backgrounds so that he's a lot closer in guessing some of these things. And then I think the questions are very pointed in a way where it's like pushing them in a direction. And I'm sure they have said things to production about the questions that were being asked. I don't know. Call me a, a cynic, but I'm I'm not a big believer in, in magic. Well, I mean, 
I mean, it's weird because magic is a thing. It's just labeled the word magic, but it's not magic. It's only people who have chosen to go that route in their profession are just spending more money to know how to do a certain trick. Like, mm-hmm. like, like there's no, like you can't, uh, you know, I've seen David Copperfield live, I think five times in person. I know he doesn't teleport somewhere. I know that's not real, right, but, right. but he's paid a shitload of money to make you believe that it is because he has all these contraptions and whatever. I know that David Copperfield, when he's not on a stage, can't just be walking on the street and start flying, but he can fly on the stage. And I know that there's, you know, uh, wires and shit like that so that's what i mean that's it's it's under the label of magic now the mentalist stuff is different because i have seen that in other places and i do wonder wait a second how'd they do that because i've seen exactly what that mentalist did last night in person in a room but it's like okay did was it already pre-planned um and it wasn't like pointed questions like you said so i'm wondering i really want to know how it's done i know i i know it can't be the way it was last night, you know, but Stephanie, what are your thoughts on Mr. Mentalist? I don't, I was so fucking confused. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I don't know what the hell was going on. Yeah. And I think like even the specific words, like how charity was talking about a partner being unfaithful, but she used the word infidelity. And then he wrote infidelity. He didn't write cheating or a different word. It was just so on every single time. But then once cat went and they asked her like, her question was, have you wanted to leave? That just made me feel like this guy was being fed things to ask them, like certain things for certain people. But I, I still don't know how that, that you got the exact words. And I still don't know how you made a heart appear on Gabby's hand. Yeah. Like that stuff, it, it really was tripping me out. And I don't really get it. And I, I, it makes me not believe it because I don't get it. But like you can't just make a heart appear on someone's hand. So what actually happened? I want to know. Yeah. And I'm sure, <laughs> and maybe I'll spend some time today Googling, not how did a heart appear on Gabby's hand, but along those same lines of how magicians do certain things. Cause it's on, you can, you can Google magician secrets and they're out there of how, how shit has been done. Like whether it's David Blaine or Copperfield or some of the big time magicians, it's out there. You just have to spend some time looking for it on the internet and do, and do a little bit of a deep dive. But yeah, I almost think the, the little heart on Gabby's hand is way more wait. How the hell did that happen? than him picking out words <laughs> and putting mm-hmm. them on a chalkboard, because that seems like, like uh, Jackie was saying, it's almost like production gave him a, a total idea of where to head with the question. And there were only one or two words that could have been written down or one of two words that could have come out of the women's mouth. And he just happened to guess, right. Um, or they even set the we women should, up beforehand, you know? We should ask that um, magician from the other season. What was his name? To- uh, what was his name? Oh, yeah. Like- Roby. Shoot, what was his name? Roby. Roby. Yeah. I was going to say Toby. <laughs> yes, Roby, the magician. Let's ask him. Yeah, he's uh, Lele Lili Sobieski's brother, that actress. You can ask him. That's Roby. Okay. Did you know he was related to her? Le- What's her name? Do you know her? Lili Sobieski? Lele? I don't. Okay. She's been in stuff. But I, I, don't, I don't remember. Uh, I couldn't name one thing she's been in, but I know that I, I know the name. But yeah, I think last night, um, unfortunate for Greer. 
I don't think anyone was surprised that Brooklyn went home on her one-on-one date. So we were basically down to five women, four roses, although Katie and Gabby already had theirs. So Charity, Ariel, and Kat are the three women competing for two roses. Whether you knew the spoilers or not, and did you know last night already going into it, Jackie, I'll start with you, did you know already that Kat was going home last night or no? I didn't actually know, but... I was starting to do the math and seeing who was left. And I will say I was not surprised when she ended up going home um, just because I think it like, it was so obvious to me that he has a stronger character with char- connection with charity and Ariel, um, which is unfortunate. I think it's just kind of the timing of these things. Cause like even Zach had said, had this been closer to the Bahamas, I think Kat definitely would have been in the top four, but I just think slowly, but surely other people have been catching up with how, Zach feels about them and you know it's just a numbers game at this point what about the bro hug that Jesse had to give Zach at the end because he was so <laughs> I know distraught. I did tussle it a little bit <laughs> well I was confused when he's like I didn't see this coming he's like you did it though what do you mean you didn't see it coming you knew you were sending her home I think he said he didn't if, what did he say at the end if you would have asked me after Bahamas if I could have seen this mm-hmm. I would have said no I guess and like you said I mean his only thing is you know, things changed, and he said his relationships with the other four are stronger. And that basically, that's what you say every, especially when you're down to this few contestants, that's basically yeah. what you say to everybody who you send home at this point, right? Like, hey, my connection is stronger with the other women here. That's why I'm sending you home. And then next week, when someone gets eliminated at hometown dates, he's going to tell them, like, you know, it's just, I feel it's stronger for the other three. Like, it's, that's basically how you say it as you whittle it down to one. It's just, I have a relationship better. Did he go into detail about why his relationship was stronger with Gabby, Katie, Ariel, and Charity? No. So he just leaves it at that, and we're all left kind of scratching our heads and wondering you know, why it happened and, two, why Kat forgot to pack her waterproof mascara. But, you know, felt bad for her in the car, and not because she got dumped, but because, man... That mascara is running something fierce down her face. Um, that was bad. If you don't know what it's like, <laughs> it, it could be rough. Yeah, uh, it certainly was rough for her. But, yeah, he didn't give her a reason. He sat her down, and didn't she ask him when they were sitting outside? She's like, why? And yeah. his only answer was, my relationships with others are stronger. It's like, okay. It's, it's such a generic answer, and it's such an easy answer to give in that situation. But you wonder... I, I don't know. What was it? I, <laughs> but I think that it can just be as simple as the answer. It is. could be. Like, yeah. Had Zach met Kat in real life and all these other girls weren't in the picture, maybe they could have a really serious relationship and even get engaged and get married. But it's just part of this nature is just comparing how you feel about someone to someone else in this show. Yeah, no, it is. And I, and I and I totally get it. And it's almost like it's just sometimes it's frustrating as a listener because we all want to know the details mm-hmm. behind everything. Was it something more? And he's just using that as a as a excuse, so to speak. I don't know. I mean, I, I they had a great date in the Bahamas. She's certainly a beautiful woman and she's going to be by far one of the hottest commodities down in Bachelor in Paradise for sure. She will absolutely be a the the apple in a lot of guys' eyes heading down to paradise. Hell, most of these women are. This is a great. It's been a really good cast of women. I mean, if you look at it compared to past seasons, is there 
is there a cast that jumps out to you? And especially the, especially I'm talking about like the top five or six women on this season. I mean, in recent memory, I think this is one of the best ones. What do you think, uh, Stephanie? Yeah, no, we have a lot of good, um, good contenders for lead potential here. I know you, you dropped a bomb, uh, (laughs) earlier this week but like literally any of them would have been great um i didn't officially know until like just earlier today because i tried to avoid the spoiler but <laughs> it's kind of hard everywhere Steve. Yeah. I know, it's kind of hard and and look i you know for those that you haven't heard by now or whatever charity is going to be the next bachelorette i expect it to be announced officially by abc sometime in the next couple weeks i mean next week on monday uh, we got the hometown dates on Monday, and then the Women Tell All is going to air on Tuesday that Charity will be on. She'll get called up to the hot seat. That will be her quote-unquote audition for Bachelorette. But she's going to have a, a definitely a heartbreaking ending to her story for sure. So, But anybody that gets eliminated that late in the game always usually has a heartbreaking ending. But Ariel, Gabby, and Katie clearly are not at the Women Tell All because they're still on the show, so they wouldn't be there. Charity's going to be there. And then sometime after next Tuesday, uh, the announcement will be made by ABC that she's the Bachelorette. And yeah, I like I said, I can't, I I can't think of a reason why she isn't a good choice. I would have been fine if they chose Gabby. I would have been fine if they chose uh, Katie. I would have been fine if they chose Ariel. I would have been fine. Like any of these top five, I could have absolutely seen as the Bachelorette. And I usually can't say that about all top five women on every Bachelorette season. And this one Mm -hmm. totally could. Jackie, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. Like you said, I think this is a really strong cast of women. Um, But I think Charity will be great. I've really enjoyed watching her throughout the course of this season. I just wish we knew more about her. I feel like I say that these days with just about every lead that they announce. I'm like, yeah, I think they'll be okay. But I wish... We knew more about them, um, but I'm sure we will obviously get to know more about her and her personality as her season goes on. So I don't see why she wouldn't be a great choice. I'm trying to think of, you know, I mean, storyline wise. Yeah, I don't think we know a a, a ton about her other than I think the biggest thing we know about her is her last relationship, which seemingly seems to be the the thing for every woman on this show. Everyone on this show has had nothing but horrible relationships in their life, and I'll never understand it. These are beautiful, successful, for the most part, women, and none of them have had a good relationship. Some people say they've never had a guy pay for a date. I'm just, like, scratching my head, like, what bar have you set for men in your life that these women have all had literally the worst relationships ever? What bar has the men set for themselves? They're the problem. They're the ones not treating them well. Oh, for sure. That's what I think. And and I also think when I look at it, I'm like, first off, the guys are idiots for treating the women the way they have based on the way the women have described it on TV. But when I hear someone say that they've never had a date paid for them, I think Brooklyn said that earlier this season where, oh, this is the first time anyone like paid for dinner for me or took me to a nice dinner. I'm like, what? Oh. Like, I, that's that's awful. She's like 25 or 26. I mean, I know – Maybe in the early 20s, guys aren't splurging for a night at Spago or something, but shit, take her to the Olive Garden and splurge on Seriously. it. Seriously. <laughs> um, oh, I hear you're a big Olive Garden fan. I just went over the weekend. Oh, uh, what? You just went over the weekend? Well, not like for the first time. Oh, okay. But I went. Did I you just go, went. Did you I go went. in Times Square? Did you go to that one? <laughs> no. <I'm not. laughs> 
I, I actually went to Olive Garden for the first time like two years ago because my oh. mom is Italian and never let us go. But I will say, amazing. I love the breadsticks. So the dish. Oh, I mean, it's like, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, people can joke about it all they want because it's not like authentic Italian food. And no, it's not. It's not carbone, you know. It's not it's yeah. nothing like that. But for what it is, I, you can't complain. Who's going to beat breadsticks? You know, I mean, those breadsticks are to die for. Their pastas are are not bad at all. They've got so many good dishes. Is this sponsored? Yeah, I know. I'm like, this is becoming an Olive Garden. Olive member. Garden. Use talk. coupon code Steve for Olive Garden. Ten yeah. percent off all of them. Olive Garden talk right here every week. Um, so I I want to I want to talk. I mean, we talked about charity, and we know that you know as the next Bachelorette, we'll see in the next you know couple weeks. I'm sure the guys will get announced on the Bachelorette Facebook page of the potential men for her season, and then we can all start diving into their lives and see what they tweeted 12 years ago to try and cancel them. And I'm sure something will get brought up. Um, somebody will find something. There's no there's there's a guarantee of that. Um, but Zach, overall this season, when I'm looking at Zach and He's taken some heat for the Greer conversation. He took some heat for the breakup with Jess. Overall, though, Stephanie, starting with you, overall, where are your thoughts on Zach this season as a Bachelor? I mean, I think some of the things he's done is a little bit odd. Like the second anytime, um, the second a girl brings up something that could be considered dramatic in some way, he seems to have zero tolerance for it. And I actually feel like that could be why Kat is gone now, because if you look at his top four, they have been completely unproblematic, like no issues with anyone at all, not a second of it. And Kat, the last we saw of her, she was causing some drama in the house and maybe he got wind of that. I just, I think that's a little bit odd because like you also have to prepare for some kind of like hardships and relationships and it's not always going to be smooth sailing. And I think the second anything turns somewhat difficult, he can't handle it. And his his um, emotions turn on a dime, too. Like, even with Jess the other week, he's like, I really feel a strong connection with you. And in the exact same conversation, he then says, I don't feel it with us anymore. Like, what, like how his feelings can come and go has been a little bizarre to watch. Um, but I said from the beginning, and I stand strong, he's fine. Like, I'm kind of indifferent. I'm not here to watch Zach. I'm really just here to watch the show in general. So I think he's fine. He's not blowing me away, but, like, he, you know, he'll do. Just just out of curiosity, when you've watched any Bachelor season, has any Bachelor blown you away? I mean, more than Zach, yeah. Who? And what did they do to I, blow you away? I don't know. Because I guess in the context of the season, no, I really liked Nick's season and I really liked Chris Souls' season, but like neither of those guys did anything that was that crazy. I just really liked their season and I liked those people on the season. Yeah, it's more about, like you said, it's kind of more about the cast, not necessarily of what, because I can't think of anything in any season that the lead did that you were like, whoa, except maybe, honestly, when Colton jumped the fence and ran away from production, I mean that yeah, was that was cool. a a moment that a lead did something where you were like, "Holy shit!" Every other season, it's just like they're there, they date a lot of women, they give out roses, they eliminate people, but the lead themselves don't really make the show. It's it's the cast. Yeah. And the other thing about this but- cast is these women really seem to be like girling out a lot. They really seem to have made some serious friendships. 
and we we've seen it in the extras we've seen it on social media um a lot of these women seem very close to each other more so than in seasons past yeah but i don't know if it's gonna last it could be just you know because once you're once you're on because that was like while they were filming once you're off the show and everyone kind of goes their separate ways everyone starts building their own brand then it starts to show like well who's really a true friend and it turns into well they're my friend because they can benefit me in some way because we know that definitely happens in this franchise jackie what about you in regards to zach overall have you felt like the same just kind of yeah he's there he's made some questionable decisions i would say i think um i agree with what you guys are saying in regards to like you know at the end of the day like the lead does not make or break the show, but I will say I have been pleasantly surprised with Zach. I think we've gotten to see a little bit more of his personality. I've kind of found it as much as like a viewer. I want the drama. I have found it admirable that he is like, as soon as he gets wind of any sort of drama issue, gets rid of it, sends people home. So I kind of, I see why they chose him the more we watch this season if that makes sense now i'm thinking back to gabby and rachel's season and i'm Mm -hmm. thinking okay who from their season could we have pulled as the bachelor and i'm and i'm blanking obviously obviously eric eric and tino out i guess avon would have been a possibility yeah um but with eric and tino being was i'm sure they talked to him yeah but outside of eric and tino who, who they were, they were, they would have been off the table, even though they were broken up by the time, you know, after Thunder Rose rolls around. I'm thinking outside of Avon and Zach, what possibilities did we have? Mike Johnson. I was like, they can pay Tyler Cameron what he's worth and get him on. Yeah. Um. They've had one thousand opportunities to make Mike Johnson the Bachelor, and they've chosen not to. So I don't. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I know. Like, I just don't get why. I think they're silly. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess it's something we'll never know because they never answer as to why somebody doesn't get the lead. Because you get asked mm-hmm. the same question: Why didn't Ariel get it? You know? Why didn't you know Katie get it? Why didn't Gabby get it? Why didn't Cat get it? Why didn't Jess get it? It's just like they're just they're just going to choose their person, and we just all have to, you know, kind of accept it. But, um. It brings me to another topic. Speaking of, you know, podcast guests and whatnot, you guys have been on a string of of podcast guests that you guys have on your either uh, on your Patreon show. And I'm wondering, did you hear any news recently on any recent guests that either surprised you or you heard for the first time or you want to, you know, tell to my audience uh, about something that a recent guest said? Anything? Yeah, I just want to correct you real quick, though, so there's no confusion. So our guests are on our regular podcast. That's completely free. We do have a Patreon channel where we release bonus episodes just if people want more content and um, what we're releasing on the regular podcast isn't enough. So on the Patreon, right now we just released an episode all about, like, Bachelor influencers, and we dig into, um, like, literally how much money people are making, and we flat out ask people, and it's a whole hour episode of multiple pieces of interviews that we've done over time and digging up like the real 
dirty logistics of like what goes into being a bachelor and um influencer so that's on our patreon but on our regular pod um uh, jack you want to take this one like oh who's been a really good guest or you sure well, so um, I'm not sure exactly what day this is going to be coming out, but our episode this week, we have Crystal from Ari season, infamous villain, and she shared a lot of good behind the scenes stuff about really like what goes into making someone a bachelor villain and how you kind of feel set up and betrayed by production. She shared um, a really interesting tidbit. I don't want to give too much away, but um Basically how production owns them so much while the show is airing and like before Women Tell All comes out and stuff that production told her she she couldn't go to a like private personal party with another one of the girls because they wanted to create the illusion that she was this ostracized villain and didn't get along with all the girls except for the fact that like you know once they get off the show everyone compares notes and everyone is like oh we went through this crazy experience and they are all friends. So she was invited to someone's birthday party and production literally told her she wasn't allowed to go because they wanted her to be perceived as not getting along with the other girls. And I'm like, how do they have control of even like who's what you eating birthday cake at someone's house? Like, that's crazy. Um, And she revealed a lot of other things that I thought were pretty wild. I don't really get surprised very often anymore, considering we've been doing this for quite a while now and have interviewed a lot of different people, but um, she said a lot of things that surprised me. So definitely check that out. It comes out on Thursday. So what day is it today? Tuesday oh, the 7th. This comes out on Thursday. Oh, okay, great. on Thursday too. Yeah. So once you're done listening to this, go over to She's All Back. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So, no, I mean, I agree with Jackie that I don't get surprised that much either. And this was easily in the top, top two we've ever done. Like she... Mm-hmm. Just, and I asked her too, I was like, what has happened in the past when you've like revealed this kind of information? And she's like, I've never revealed this information. I'm like, oh, okay, wow. So she really drops a few bombs. Um, I'll send you some good tidbits, Steve. Well, yeah, I think that, you know, it's it's interesting about the party thing because it's something to where it's like, first off, I think if she never would have asked production, she probably could have just went. It's more about documenting it, right? Because if she just goes and no pictures are shown and she's never publicly seen at this person's birthday party, she could have gotten away with it, right? Or no? Well, I'm not really sure exactly how the communication went down. I don't know if production was like aware of the party or like beforehand or maybe some people from production were also invited to the party. So yeah, oh, I'm not okay. really sure of how it was communicated that she literally couldn't go. But I just thought it was crazy that they would have get her not being able to do certain press outlets or certain interviews while the show is still airing. But to say you can't go hang out with your friend on her birthday felt pretty crazy to me. They wanted their first conversation to be on camera, though. So, like, they didn't want her to go to a birthday party, potentially have a heart-to-heart, carry the hatchet, and then, like, for their women tell all that they need to be super juicy, it's not dramatic at all. So, like, I get it, but it's also crazy to hear that, like, they have that much control over you. Um, but as for what you're saying, Steve, about like not asking, we also had Clayton on recently and Clayton's still in contract till I think March 15th. And we typically only interview people that are out of contract. And he flat out told us before the interview, he's like, I just didn't ask. He's like, I wanted to come on and talk to you guys. So I just didn't ask. And he's like, I think as long as I'm like, you know, not completely bashing a network, like it should be fine, which I don't think he got in any trouble. And it was still a really juicy interview. What was what was the biggest thing you took from the influencer stuff? 
and um, how people go about it, the money that can be made. Was there anything that you took from it that you didn't know beforehand? I think, I mean, I think we all know, I think a lot of us have heard the numbers that you can make if you have, especially if you have like a million followers. I mean, if you're Mm -hmm. not, if you're not making, you know, minimum low six figures with a million followers on Instagram, you're doing something wrong. Um, But what was, what was one takeaway you got from, from talking to influencers about the influencing life and the money that they make? Um, Yeah. I mean, I, I think we were told that the highest amount for a single Instagram post is upwards of 50K for literally posting one thing. Um, that was someone from Peter's season who said that, which leads me to believe that it's someone from Peter's season that is getting deals like that. And I can kind of predict who I think it is, but we don't know for sure. So I don't want to say, but I think we can all use our context clues there. Um, also, Ashley, I revealed that... Um, Influencers will ask themselves their own questions in their Q and A's when they're purposely trying to promote products. Oh, that's like, o- that's obvious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, and I know, like, it's the thing. It's there's a, a thing to be assuming of something and to have them actually admit it. It's just so it's so refreshing to hear her say, like, "Yes, we all do that. We all ask ourselves, like, oh, tell me about that that cleanser you were using the other day. Like, no one's really asking you that, but you need to promote it." <laughs> So you have to ask yourself the question so you can answer it. Yeah. No, I, I, I get it. I mean, I, I know that Instagram accounts do that all the time as well, where they're just ask they're asking questions that nobody's asking them because nobody pays attention to them, but they ask themselves the question so they can answer it themselves, like they've got some sort of insight. And it's just kind of hilarious. Um, you know, I, I, I'll be flat out honest. When I've done Q&As on my Instagram, uh, Sometimes I'm just bored and I'm sitting around. I'm like, I'll just do an Instagram Q&A. The questions that I get, first off, I don't even know how to ask myself. I don't even know how to put in an own question for myself. So I've never done it, either in a Q&A or any sort of sponsored post. I don't say like, hey, I know you guys have been asking or whatever. I've never done it in my reader emails. I've just, I just honestly take what I've gotten. But I understand why influencers have to do it because when I do my Instagram Q&A or when I do my reader emails, I'm not getting paid for that, you know? So I don't need to make it up and promote something. Um, but I can understand why influencers have to do it. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, we know it's a very lucrative, uh, lifestyle and it's why the show has changed so much over the years. Jackie, was there anything that you found in the Instagram influencing world that, I don't know, surprised you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think A big thing that I keep asking myself as we continue to interview these people is like, why do people keep signing up to go on this show? Like the way they're treated is just so crazy. And I think, you know, then putting it side by side with hearing some of these numbers for what these influencers can make, it just makes so much sense why these people literally go on these shows to risk their their reputation because the benefits can be so huge so that was just kind of like putting puzzle pieces together for me it's like oh like the risk might actually be worth the reward if you can do it right there was also um some touching on the fact that like you can get a big 50 grand deal but you then have to hire like a videographer an editor Mm -hmm. someone to do all the work for you and tenley from jake season actually said that for one deal, one package deal she did once, she spent like 15 grand on help to do it. 
works. Like I'm not a videographer. I can't produce the quality of what they want on my own. So I have to hire someone that knows what they're doing and can edit the video. And in order to get the deliverables to what the brand wanted, she needed to spend 15 grand. So like, yeah, you're making 50 grand, but you have to spend a good chunk of it to actually make it. And that's not tax free people. So. Yeah. So she, so she only makes 35 and then she has to pay, you know, she grosses 35, but then she has to pay taxes on that. So what does she actually net out of a $50,000 deal? Less than half that, you know, if she's paying out 15 to a videographer and then paying taxes on top of the 35 that she actually made on it. Yeah. I mean, you're, you know, but still great money for one ad for, you know, for one post, no matter how much work you had to put into it. It's just, right. you know, I, and I think, you know, the, the fan base has started to understand, like, look, this is what the show's become. This is what it's going to be. There's nothing we can do to change it. Yes. People can say it, tell us all the time. Contestants can tell us all the time. We're going on the show to find love and no, oh, I'm not really into that stuff, but they know. They know what's come before them, and they know the perks that can possibly happen to them post-show, whether it's Bachelor in Paradise or just brand deals. But you can't convince anybody that someone is going into this show completely blind. Maybe they're blind in terms of they haven't sat there and watched every episode of every previous season. I think we've definitely got contestants who aren't familiar with the show in terms of episode by episode stuff, but they're well aware by the time they sign up of what the show is about and what it can lead to. I would think. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. I don't think there's really anybody that can't say, yeah, I'm, you know what? I'm probably guessing that most contestants, I don't know about most, I'd say half. If you sat down half of Zach's women and said, going over past seasons, have you watched episodes one through 11 of the past five bachelor seasons. I'm guessing half of them would say no, but they don't even, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I could be wrong, but I guess unless we interviewed every single woman on Zach season, we wouldn't actually know the exact answer. I'm sure there are some super fans in there, but I'm sure there are some that were like, hey, yeah, they contacted me and I've heard about it. I've watched the show here and there, but I'm talking about like diehard super fans mm-hmm. that have watched every episode like us. I, Crystal admitted to us that she was like a super fan of the show and watched all seasons and that ever since she saw how they like twisted and manipulated her she's no longer a fan of the show which isn't surprising but she was someone that like had known about exactly what the show is prior and still you know ended up being the villain and getting the short end of the stick. Yeah, I remember. I, I certainly remember watching Crystal on Ari season, and I remember she got she was getting a shit ton of hate and getting death threats and stuff like that. And I remember even putting out a post about some of the stuff that she was getting, some of the stuff that I was receiving about Crystal. I'm just like, guys, this is way too much. Like, yes, her character doesn't look great on the show. She's not coming across as great. She doesn't seem to be wanting to make any friends, but. In the long run, who cares? Like it's just a TV show. Why are you telling her to go kill herself? You know why are it's why are you insane. threatening her? It's it's nuts. Um, but I mean, I am interested to hear what she has to say because I I know that a lot of people say like, oh, it's the editing, but there are some things that you do and you say on camera that don't, you know, kind of paint you in the greatest of lights. And there were things that Crystal said and did in ITMs that you're just like, okay, you got to understand. 
If you say and do that, it's going to isolate you from the rest of the group. I've spoken to women on her season that said she wasn't the most, I don't know, positive person on set. And there are women. So that's what I'm saying. Like Crystal has her version of what happens, but I can tell you that there are women on her season that weren't too thrilled with how she acted in the house. So it's like, well, who's right? Yeah. You know, well, we don't tiptoe around those questions, though. Like we flat out ask that, like we say, like well, you did this. So what, what happened here? And like we we really ask. And she does have her side of the story for everything. Yeah. So I think she she definitely acknowledges that she's not perfect. And, she, you know, I, I think everyone's made mistakes um, on this show. It's a unique experience, but it's really interesting to hear like. Are you going past a lawnmower? <laughs> Yeah, my I, I, of course I'm recording, and my and my gardener is outside, and my the room that I record in is right at the front of my house, and he's currently at uh, my doorstep sweeping away leaves. So yeah, that's what you hear in the background. Nice. I think he's I think um, he's moved further away now. So go ahead. What were you saying? Okay. Um, I forgot oh. what I was even saying, but yeah, I mean, I think she hearing oh hearing like what goes into what happened behind the scenes with her though paints like such a better picture than just what you see on tv and we're always assuming that the producers are like in the wings kind of being puppeteers but to actually hear like specifics of like oh on this group date this is exactly what happened and and this is what was shown on tv so it, it paints like a much bigger picture of like sure she was the villain but look how many things it took to kind of make her into that villain yeah, that makes sense. I mean, obviously, she said, I guarantee she's one of the people. I, I have a feeling that Crystal probably suffered the same fate with her producer as Olivia did, where because Crystal was very confident again. She was one of those quote unquote villains that was just very confident in her relationship with Ari, and she just didn't think like anybody else could match up. But that, that along, I mean, the same thing happened to Olivia Caridi, where it was just like they were making her talk about her connection and. You know, she's calling, you know, herself Mrs. Ben Higgins and stuff like that. And it's just like, okay, she didn't, you know, the other thing is, and I, and I say this all the time, you know, the bachelor films from September to November, when you're sitting in an ITM in September, you're not thinking about how this is going to come across to a nationally televised audience come January. You're just not, it's not something that you're consciously thinking of. You're just kind of going with the flow. And unfortunately that comes back to bite people in the ass. Right. I just I haven't heard one person say, yeah, when I sat down in that ITM in, in late September, I was really worried about how it's going to come across in January. You're just not. You're just you're sitting there answering questions and a producer's feeding you stuff. And you're just, I don't know, kind of just going along with it. And then you realize, oh, shit, you know, maybe after you get off the show, you're like, wait a second. What did I say in an ITM that could possibly be misconstrued or taken a certain way? And then you're like, oh, and then, then it airs and you're like, oh, boy. Yeah. Um, while I did say it, I didn't mean it in a certain way, but now it's being taken a certain way. And now people are telling me to kill myself. You know, it's just it's awful. It's toxic bachelor This fan base, uh, they they take the show way too literally, way too seriously. It's just it's frustrating, you know. Oh, yeah. We definitely know. And I, I think the people that take it seriously, like I'm afraid of them. I don't understand how you can actually think it's okay to message someone something like that. And we've talked to plenty of contestants that have expressed to us that they've gotten death threats like that. And just, I, I don't, 
I don't know. I don't understand how you can think that's normal over a TV show. Well, especially in this day and age, too. Like, there is so much information out there. Like, so many interviews of villains coming out and kind of explaining things behind the scenes. You have access to the internet. We know how reality TV is made. So when people still take it so literally at face value and don't consider, like, editing's a thing and frankenbiting's a thing and taking things out of context is a thing, it really just blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, we've we've seen the numerous examples. Hell, sometimes the show on the After the Final Rose or or a tell-all show will put tweets up on the screen to have people read. Clayton had to read mm-hmm. shitty things being said about him, and Rachel had to read racist tweets being you know sent to her. And it's just we've seen numerous examples, and we can say it till we're blue in the face every year. Like, hey, audience, calm down. But it, it's never going to change. Your, your trolls are going to troll. There's nothing you can do where you're going to be able to silence every single person. And then those people's argument is it's a free country. You can say whatever you want. It's just like, Oh my God, you might as well just, you know, take a bowling ball and smash your head in because you're never going to win. You know, it's like, if that's someone's response is it's a free country. I can say whatever I want. It's just like, okay, well, that's why this country's in the position we're in right now. Uh, It's, it's unfortunate that people think that way, but they do. And we know they do because that's been their response to a lot of the things. Um, Jackie, Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on. I know you got to run here, um, but I, before you go, I do want you to promote again. Once again, tell everybody where they can get all your stuff and what you promote on that's free on your She's All Batch podcast and what you can get, what fans can get on your Patreon. Uh, yeah. Do you want to do the honors, Jackie? Sure. Um, well, so you can check out our, our podcast, She's All Batch podcast. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, we are – now doing recap episodes that drop first thing on Tuesday, which is really fun. And then our normal episode, which is filled with creeps, bachelor news, bachelor encounters, our interviews. Um, so you can check that out anywhere. And then we have a Patreon where we do these bonus episodes like this inter- this um, influencer episode amongst other things. And that's patreon.com slash she's all batch. All right. Anything well- else? Well, you will be, uh, thank you for coming on and you will be hearing me on the She's All Batch podcast coming up soon. I don't know the exact date. It doesn't matter, but, um, we're going to go over, we're going to go over some stuff about, um, what do you want to ask me again about, about my life or what I do? It's a little surprise for you, Steve. Don't worry, guys. Oh, sweet. We're going to be asking Steve about his spoiler life, maybe dive into some of the spoilers a little bit more. Uh, I have a couple of questions and uh, yeah, it should be a good time. So that will be coming up in a little bit. We don't have a date yet. Do you want to ask one of them now? I'll let you, I'll let you ask one now. If you can think of something really? off the top of your head. Sure. Go ahead. I can, but you're not going to answer it. Well, I mean, if, I, put- if I wasn't going to answer it on yours and I'm like, <laughs> well, let's see how I answer I have- it. We have a special skill. People just tell us stuff on our podcast for some reason. But I mean, I think ultimately what everyone wants to know is like, how do you actually get your spoilers? How are you actually verifying it? Is it someone from, is it my Fleiss? Like, you're not going to answer that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I will. Yeah, yeah, I will. No, it's not Mike Fleiss. They've sued me twice. Why would why, why would they be giving me information? But, then, but is it like a former PA? How is it? If it was if it was the show, I would never get anything wrong, right? They would just tell me everything, and they were there, and so I would never be wrong on any spoiler, and that's never been the case. I've definitely gotten stuff wrong. I mean, the thing is, the best answer is um, it's a case-by-case basis. Every single spoiler I get is different, and 
determined and you ask like, well, how do I vet it? Well, the vetting is basically done by when I am told something. It's like a checklist of how I have to go about it. Who told me this? How do they know this? How can can they prove that they know this? And is that proof some sort of visual proof? Is it audio proof? Is it text message proof? So everything is, it's not just, I get told something and it's like immediately believable. Sometimes it is. Sometimes I'm told something spoiler wise, whether it's the winner or whatever, next bachelorette, whatever the case may be. Sometimes I'm told something and the very first time I'm told it, I know that it's right. Most of the time that's not the case, but it has happened where that has been the case. So that's what I mean. It's like, it's very hit and miss. It's not this universal thing where, oh, I get told something and that and that's it. It's a checklist that I go down based on what is sent to me. And then it's basically the first question is, okay, who sent this to me? And then the follow up to when that is, okay, so and so sent it to me. Okay, well, how does that person know? And then it just you kind of go from there. That's the best answer I can give. And it's the honest answer because that's what it is. But and people who think it's production, I mean, it's just like, I don't know, go, you know, go through the go through the archives back in 2011 and 2012 when they sued me two years in a row. Um, this show isn't doing nothing to help me whatsoever, even though personally, I think they should be. I think they should be per- privately leaking stuff to me to help their show. But that's just me. Um <laughs> They would never do Wait, it. I have one more. Yeah. Real quick. Yeah. Do you think that you were ever purposely told something wrong to direct a narrative on the show? By who? Are you saying by the show? Or I, I don't well, I don't know who's spoiling yeah. it for you. Like how you said, I think you said that Peter Krause won and then it was, but it was Brian. But instead, yeah. it, everyone focused on Peter that whole season. Yeah. And like, do you think that there's maybe someone from the show that's telling whoever's telling you? the wrong thing so that you report the wrong thing to direct some kind of narrative for the show. Good question. The answer to that is I don't think so. I think that everybody who has come to me with information believes the information that they are telling me is true. I think there might've been one instance years ago and I honestly can't remember it, but at the time I remember thinking, Oh shit, I think I was duped. Well, shit, you know what? The Jenna Cooper situation, that was obviously somebody who intentionally um, gave me information that they knew was wrong, and I right. didn't, and I didn't do a good job of vetting it. I didn't do any job of vetting it that, the way I should have. I I vetted very. Sh- I didn't ask the questions that I ask now. So yes, that information absolutely one hundred percent was somebody who was out to make me look bad, and they succeeded by telling me something that wasn't true to begin with, but. But Jenna wasn't really uh, that wasn't a spoiler stuff. That was more of a, you know, a personal story. If we're talking about just spoilers of someone saying, hey, I heard this person gets eliminated here or whatever, that stuff, everything that I've been told, I believe, except maybe the exception of one or two out of all the spoilers I've given since 2009, maybe with the exception of one or two, I think the people that have told me have absolutely believed it themselves, but they didn't vet their information. And then when I got the information, I didn't vet them well enough. And so I'm only as good as the information that I'm given. And even when I'm wrong, I never blame my sources. It's always, it falls on me. I'm the messenger. So, um, but yes, I do believe that everyone who does come to me has good intentions and is telling me what they believe to be true. Yes. Okay. 
Yeah. But we can talk about we'll definitely talk about it more on your on your on your show coming up. So All right. So, well, I'm excited now. We're kind of testing the waters a little bit here, but yes, we have more questions for you and that'll be coming up soon. Yeah, look for that. So, uh Jackie, Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. We'll definitely have you guys on again in the future and we will enjoy the rest of Zach's season and then Charity's Bachelorette season will be fun, I'm sure. And we'll probably talk to you again this summer. Perfect. Cool. Thank you. Thanks a lot, you guys. Bye. 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 Thanks to Stephanie and Jackie. Really appreciate it. Yeah, sorry about my gardener. Uh, That was buzzing his leaf blower right by the door towards the end of that podcast. Um, God, I knew he was coming too. And I I realized too late that all I have to do is turn down my mic and it won't pick up his noise. So my bad on that one, but Stephanie and Jackie do a great job with she's all batch and go listen to their podcast. Got some great guests on it. Definitely get some tea, some insider tea from former contestants. So check that out when you get a chance. Thank you all for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple Podcasts. Much appreciated. We are back next week with another guest. Hopefully it's the guest that I've had in waiting. This is somebody that I've uh, spoken to for the last few months that I was like, hey, this time in March, can we do the interview? So just by that hint, you might be able to narrow it down of who it could possibly be. But Anyway, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. And I will talk to you tomorrow. See you.